This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Mike Francesa podcast after tonight's giant loss to San Francisco. Expected? Yes. Uh, did they play maybe a little closer in the game than many thought? Probably. Uh, it was a weird game. You know, it's funny. I was taking a walk today. Uh, it was a beautiful afternoon, as most of you know, and it's not going to be a very pretty weekend. We know that, too. It's going to rain like crazy. But I was taking a walk with my wife, and we were walking the dog, and uh, taking a walk, and a guy pulled up in the car, and he said, hey, Mike, give me a, give me an opinion on tonight's game. And I said, the Giants are going to get their blank kicked. And that's how I felt. I didn't think they matched up well. Saquon's out. Thomas is out. Uh, they haven't had a sack. This is not an easy matchup. Going to San Francisco, short work week, you know, stayed on the West Coast, all the different things. And when I look at the game, you know what? They did get their rear end kicked. They got buried in terms of total yards. Buried, okay? 441 to 150. 78 plays to 46. Double the time of possession. The Niners had the ball for 40 minutes. But it was a weird game. First of all, the Niners, despite their prowess so far, their very impressive win against Pittsburgh, their you know, comfortable win, and we all know what happened with McVeigh at the end of the game, win over the Rams. But one thing that was hidden in that game in that in those games was they were not as sharp defensively as they usually are. And you know what? Tonight again, they were not as sharp as a team as they usually are. Hey, did they break tackles and make tremendous plays yard after catch? Yes. That's what McCaffrey does. That's what Debo does. That's what Kittle does, okay? So they did that. But there's a couple of things with that team. First of all, Trent Williams had three penalties. Go back and tell me. I can't even think of when it was the last time Trent Williams had three penalties in a game. They had some really bad penalties. They also let the Giants convert some plays that even underneath plays that was surprising but a couple other things jumped out at you number one Purdy was you look at his numbers and his numbers look really good he threw for 310 he didn't have a pick he threw two touchdown passes he completed a good number of of his passes but you know what he was inaccurate all night he's been inaccurate all season he's coming off an arm injury came back very quickly he hasn't hit the deep ball well. He threw the ball even on plays underneath, even on plays that should be, you know, that you put the ball on the numbers. 
He threw the ball high. He threw the ball low. The guys adjusted. McCaffrey adjusted. Kittles adjusted. Okay? They caught the ball high. They caught the ball low. They made their plays. They did what they're supposed to do. Uh, same thing with Debo. The bottom line is he was not in any way accurate despite what looks like a really good game if you look at his numbers. And the Niners were not crisp tonight. They were okay at times. They were very good at keeping the ball and converting on third down, which is what they do. What they did against the Giants tonight, that was backbreaking. And there were a couple of penalties there. One that was questionable. But for the most part, the penalties they called in the Giants were real. Um, the one thing they did in the Giants tonight is they converted a lot of third and longs on the Giants. And really, you know, thirds and 10, third and 12, third and 13, those are backbreakers. In the NFL, you don't expect to get third and anything over seven. You, you, you're not happy if you give it up. If you're a decent team, you're not happy if you give it up. You're really not. You want to get the other team off the field. Third and seven, third and eight, you know, underneath that, you can say, hey, I, can, I understand I give it up. But you don't want to be giving up third and longs. And the Giants gave up a bunch of third and longs tonight that extended drives. And it was a game that, you know, it seemed like the Niners just took their foot off the gas, you know, open the game, stall the drive after 15 plays, kick a field goal, let the, uh, and the Giants come down the field, have a good opening drive, have a good opening plan, make it 3-3, okay? And you're saying, wow, they got the game stabilized, which you always have to do on the road. You've heard me say that for 40 years, okay? If you're on the road... You have to stabilize the game against a good team. You can't get blown out of the building in the first 10 minutes of the game. They stabilized the game. They got the game 3-3. Next thing you know, it's 17-3. Going into the half. The Giants got a field goal, a long one from Gonneau, 57 yards before the half. That's a big field goal. First of all, Gonneau's good. Secondly, it means the Giants were saying, hey, we came to play. We didn't come to get blown, get our doors blown off. We came to play. And the Giants were getting the ball going into the third quarter. So when you score going into the half and you're getting the ball coming out, you have some momentum. They come out, they score. They get a short field, and they score. Giant punter did a nice job tonight. Uh, they get a short field, and they score. They missed the two. I mean, they got, they got overrun on the two-point conversion. I mean, you know, Dan Jones didn't have a chance on a two-point conversion. He got swamped. A couple times tonight, he got swamped. Um, and then what happens? The Giants don't score again. Niners just turn up the gas, turn up the gas on offense, make some big plays, make some big effort plays, breaking tackles, whether it's Debo, whether it's Kittles, whether it's McCaffrey, just doing what they do, breaking tackles, yard after catch. With San Francisco, it's always yard after catch. You know, San Francisco has a lot of really good players. That's what they have. They don't have a great quarterback. They have a lot of really good players. They have five or six all pros, legitimate all pros, and they have them spread out throughout the lineup. They got some really good players, some top players. Everyone knows that Trent Williams is one of the top players in the league. Everyone knows McCaffrey's one of the top players in the league. Everyone knows what Kittles can do. And you go down the line. They have five or six legitimate 
big-time players, and they make their presence felt. Now, the Giants, they knew they went, they went into this game knowing it was going to be difficult for them to throw the ball down the field. They're playing with a makeshift offensive line. They don't have, Tam, they don't have Thomas playing. They're playing with a makeshift offensive line against a team with a big-time pass rush. You knew that was going to be the case. They did a nice job of getting on the perimeters against the Niners. They did a nice job of changing things up. They didn't get a running game going at any time. And Daniel Jones didn't hurt them with, their, with, with his legs. He, they, they made sure they kept his running under control. He didn't see a lot of, you know, he didn't drive guys off and then have the open lanes to run. They didn't give him those open lanes. They were like, uh-uh, you know what? You're not running for first downs. You're not running for 15 yards here. That's not happening tonight, and, and it didn't happen. And when you take away Jones's ability to do that, it takes a very big element out of the Giants' playbook against good teams. They have got to have that, Okay. Jones has got to be able to run. Tonight, how many yards Jones ran for? Five. The Giants only ran for about 30 yards tonight, 28 yards. All right? They didn't get the ball to guys who made big plays last week. As a matter of fact, you know, they didn't have a 20-yard play in the game tonight. Off the top of my head, I don't think they did. I might have missed one but off the top of my head, but I don't think they had a 20-yard play all, yet, all night. And they really got badly outplayed in a lot of In other ways, they were in the game. You know, they had the game 17-12, looking to take it to 17-14 in the third quarter. Hey, that's in the game. And what happens from there? Hey, the final score is 30 to 12. It was 3-3 late in the first quarter. Next thing you know, it's 17-3 late in the second quarter. It's 17-12 in the middle of the third quarter. The final score is 30 to 12. So I think everybody on both sides knew what the outcome of the game was going to be. But the game was a little odd. Like I said, there were some things from the Niners that weren't crisp. Defensively, the accuracy of the quarterback, a couple of penalties that they had, and the Giants made a couple of good plays. You know, they, they punted out of their own end zone and put the ball all the way back to the 28-yard line. That's a great turn. That's a great way of turning the field. Their opponent did a nice job tonight. He did a really nice job, okay? That's, that's, that's the hidden part of the game that you don't think about a lot. But their punter punted six times for 52 average tonight. He did a great job. Really did a great job tonight. And they had, so the bottom line is they're down key players. They're coming off a game they had to win. And they knew they were going into a game that, let's be honest, unless it was a miracle, they were going to lose. They're not in the Niners class, and they know it. 
the coach wasn't even upset after the game. He was very matter-of-fact about everything because he knows we didn't get embarrassed here. We come back. We have 11 days off. I can give my players some rest. Maybe I get lucky and I get Barkley back for the Monday night against Seattle. And you know what? I can, if I get the Seattle game, which, let's be honest, if you're looking at the Giants' season, if you are taking a peek at the Giants' season and looking at it in any realistic fashion, the Giants have got to, have got to win the Seattle game in week four. I mean, there is, there's just no way around it. Because then they go to Miami in week five. And Miami is playing really, really good football. Is playing some of the best football. Then they go to Buffalo. And Buffalo remains, I don't care what happened in week one when Josh Allen gifted the game to the Jets. And that's what he did. Buffalo is still a top team. You know that? I mean, we knew what this was going to be in terms of the, the early season schedule. We knew exactly what this was going to be. It was not going to be easy to go Seattle. Now, if they lose a Seattle game, they're 1-3 going to Miami. You could be looking at 1-5. You're looking at 1-5. Your season's a disaster. They have to have the Seattle game. Then you, you shoot to get three and three out of your first six. And if it's two and four, you have Washington after that. And you can get the three and four. And you still, you know what? You're three and four after seven weeks and you're not out of the picture. You're not going to win a division. Well, they weren't going to win a division anyway. And then you're getting ready for what will be a fun outing as they play the Jets. But they have a chance there, chance there to go to four and four. So it shows you they, there are games they, they had to have the Arizona game. And at halftime, it looked like they had no chance of getting it. And it looked like they were going to be in a, a hole they couldn't get out of after week three because of the San Francisco game. Well, same thing here. They have to come home and get Seattle. In, and Seattle's dangerous. They just beat Detroit in Detroit. They are dangerous. They have to win that game because if they don't, they're going to open this season in terrible fashion looking at the Dolphins and looking at the Bills after that. So there's a lot of work to do here. But if they can get to two and two and have Barkley back playing by then, they can start their season there and still be in the hunt to get to the postseason. Like I said, Dallas suffered a crippling injury today. It impacts them at the top top echelon. We all know that Philly, Dallas, and the Niners, who have not lost any games, and that'll probably still be the case after Dallas and Philly play, they'll all be 3-0. And they're all headed to big, lofty records. We know that. The Giants are in that next echelon trying to find their way into the postseason and, and to a winning season. That's it. That's their expectation. The problem is they got to play four games against the Eagles and the and th- three games left with the Cowboys and the Eagles, and that's no fun. And we know the Eagles are no fun. But the Arizona game kept them alive. And while it wasn't a close game tonight, it wasn't a game where you said, 
my God, the Giants embarrassed themselves. Despite some numbers that are overwhelming, 40 to 20 in time of possession, 441 to 150 in total yardage, 76 to 48 in plays, those are overwhelming numbers in the NFL. They still had it within hailing distance in the third quarter. And that's what you take from this game. What it does is it allows you to get your season back to safe ground in week four. Is it a must win? Absolutely. But it gives them a chance to get to safe ground in week four. And that's all they were going to get out of this week. When you looked at the schedule, the thing is, you thought the Giants were going to play a real competitive game in week one. You thought Arizona was a shoo-in in week two, and then you knew the San Francisco game was going to be short work week, not going home, having some injuries, and playing on the road. Thursday night teams on the road are compromised dramatically, more so than any other team at any other time in this NFL. The advantage the home team has on Thursday is measurable. It really is that that big an advantage. You don't have to travel. You don't have to be in hotels. And, you, ha- you know, neither team has a lot of time to prepare, but the home team has a lot of advantages. And when they're the better team, you get 30 to 12. Tomorrow, Football Friday for a week number three. Very interesting game for the Jets. Remember, this is the first time the Pats have been 0-2 in a season since 2001, which was when they launched a dynasty. 2001 was when they launched the dynasty off that 0-2 start and off an injury. That's how they launched the dynasty. And they've had nothing but success against the Jets who have to make a decision on their quarterback. And it's going to be a rainy, ugly, Patriot kind of Sunday. In a game, the Jets, let's be honest, need to show something. And you have some rookie quarterbacks struggling. We don't know about Richardson. He's in the, he's in the protocol. There's a lot of other key guys in the protocol. Also, Bryce Young's already out this week with an ankle injury. He's shaky. The first, he's played very shaky the first couple of weeks. Carolina hasn't offered him a lot of offensive help around him, but he's also out with an ankle injury. Uh, we'll get to everything else for week number three. We also have a couple of key college games I want to get to. It's supposed to be brutal weather in the East. I don't know how it's going to be in the Midwest uh, on uh, Wednesday on, on, on the weekend, but there's some big games, including Colorado, Oregon, including Notre Dame, Ohio State. That, to me, is the... The big one. I understand that everyone's Colorado, in love with Colorado. I don't expect Colorado to beat Oregon. They just don't have the line play to do it. But I'll tell you this. Notre Dame, to me, has a chance to be able to play with the big boys this year. They get a chance to prove it on Saturday. Looking forward to that. So we'll see you tomorrow with our Football Friday podcast. Have a good evening. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.